Initiating startup sequence. You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth. Do you ever have like um, like jokey explanations that you give people when they're like, "Why don't you have a job?" Are you like, "I'm busy growing titties," or <laughs> pretty much? Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm trying to think of what. I've kind of mentioned to a few people. Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, it is it is an entertaining one. Because, yeah, that is definitely an attitude I've kind of encountered a lot of times. It's like, well, why haven't you? It's like, yeah. well, do, do you want to hear my whole medical history? Because <laughs> well, I can start, but you're going to be here for the next 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I think it's illegal to yeah. make someone sit through your entire medical history. <laughs> I think then they have to sign a waiver with the government. Yeah. Um, that yeah. can then be disregarded when my health record happens. Uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're like a younger listener, by the way, and you haven't really gotten to the point in your life where you have a job yet or you've had a job, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice having an income. There are, like consistent. once you get one, there's a reason that so many people want them. Yes. It's because yes. they're really good. You go and then you get money and you can do... So many things with money. Like yeah. move out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is like the main reason why I'm looking for a job right now. I used to hide it in books. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just have like fluid cash around my home that I not anymore. Nobody rob me, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh the um yeah, big thing I kind of was interested in with kind of bringing this up was I had a lot of the help I kind of had looking for a job in the last couple of months has come through a employment service that I kind of got hooked up with, which is called Sensewide, and they're a Melbourne thing. But it is one of those things where it is kind of like the services that are around kind of seem very, very difficult to kind of actually track things down and, you know, things find that are things that are a bit... Yeah, that any assistance whatsoever... It's mm. hard to find, other than, yeah, you've got, like, Sanderlink job seeker agencies who tend to, you know, kind of... Boo. They want you to get a job. They don't want you to get a job that you want to do. They just want you to get a job. Yeah. So they don't want you to be on Sanderlink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, like, that's a service that I'm, like, I kind of want to mention, but also I've had a lot of trouble finding like the equivalents national? in different states yeah. in different parts of the country and I'm like is there stuff like that out there and that's something I'd be really interested to hear if anybody listening knows about anything because I've had very little or if you're having trouble finding something like that where you live you can always go to your local community center if there is one there often is something even if it's just like a group that meets once a week even in quite small towns usually based out of the library there's some kind of support service Um, For example, in Victoria, I think we have things like the Victorian AIDS Council that provide a variety of services, not just around healthcare, but also um, they help people with housing and, you know, with moving when they need to move for various life circumstances. Yeah. Um, And so there will be something like that in your state that hopefully we obviously don't have anything right here, Mm. but hopefully we can track down, um, you can track down and then 
they might have job services as a part of that. Yeah. And those services are really important. And the important thing to remember about them is that they're mostly run by volunteers. Yes. Um, Sensewide obviously is funded by the Victorian state government. But a lot of these things, uh, like, completely rely on, like, sort of just people putting their time and energy in to help out. Um, often older queer people putting their time and energy in to help out younger queer people. So definitely go and find them because I'm sure, like, I don't, the people you'll meet. I'm, like, yeah. just a Dr. Seuss book on the inside right now. Like, <laughs> get out there and get involved in any capacity that you can because it can do nothing but benefit you. Yeah, that's one of the things that's been important for me as well was I didn't have many recent references and volunteering is something that can look really good on a resume and that's what I'm doing right now that's sin is something that has been a valuable kind of thing to show hey like I can commit to a thing and do it for a while like and also you never like I know you Mm. outside of this show spoiler (laughs) alert everyone (laughs) And you never have trouble finding, like, people to live with or housemates or whatever because you volunteer as an admin on so many Facebook groups (laughs) (laughs) that everyone just knows you. Yeah. like, I want to live with people. And you have your pick. Yeah, that kind of, like, you know, I I hate the phrase networking and the concept. Like, It's not that. (laughs) When it's kind of presented, like, especially in a university context where it's a bunch of people standing in a room... Um, pretending that they don't want something out of each other. Giving each other business cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't network, be part of a network. Just be part of be a network. Be a node. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just be the moth, not the flame, as my mum would say. Mm-mm. No. And I, it's one of those things, like, volunteering is something I'm like, look, if I still lived further out of town where it's hard to find stuff, I probably would have, at this point, you know, by this point, started to try and volunteer in an op shop or yeah. with the local youth centre. As long as it's not a Salvos. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of, um, no, I'm not going to explain it right now. Okay. <laughs> um, That's a whole other segment. Uh, but definitely, um, you said you had some stories to tell me about looking for work. Uh, plenty. <laughs> so, to be official, aside from here and there with my family when they had their own, like, fast food, business, donkeys and that. I've never actually held an, an actual job in my life. Just a lot of plate, like a couple of placements here and there, including one last week, actually. Yeah. yeah. So. That's pretty common. Uh, is it? I think yeah, so. Yeah, you're right. You're 20. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have to have a job. I, mean, I don't have ever. to. Well, <laughs> I mean, I want to move out, so it's kind of like I yeah. need something for that. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely not unusual. Like, I... You know, I had my first job at the 14 and 9 months that you need to be to have a job. Mm. I know people who have gotten their first job at 23. Yeah. I know people who have no on-paper job experience whatsoever but have been working in some capacity for years. I've done that for the last two, two and a half years. On paper, I wasn't employed. I've still done... A lot of different things where I was putting in labor and selling my labor and selling a product. Mm. I've, you know, I made a lot of. That sounds extremely vague, and it also sounds like you were a drug dealer at some point. <laughs> Let's just clear up the fact that you were not a drug dealer. No, at some I was point. not yeah. a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Uh, what I'm just like an actual example would be I had a car that I'd bought that was no longer roadworthy, and I took it apart and sold the parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's still a job. That's still doing something to make money and live off that money. Yeah. It's not something I could put on a resume and just say for this three-month period I disassembled a car and sold car bits I out of my say, backyard. I would say that almost counts as an enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was self-employed. Yeah. What experiences have you had looking for work, Marcy? Uh, well, I've sent out various, like, resumes and this and that. Like, since about, like, year nine, year ten, which is, like, going, like, 2013, 2014, so way back, I've sent, like, over 100, 200, and, like, I've gotten a couple group, a couple interviews out of that, a group interview with Hoyts. That didn't work out. Uh, an interview with uh, this, this chemist place. They didn't want me because I was too young, so I was still in BCE. Which is ironic now because that would have been perfect now. But yeah, and the another one was last year where that was another chemist place and uh well I didn't get that either, so yes. Yeah. It And you do you study pharmaceuticals or you study uh, pharmacy at the moment? Yeah, but I'm trying to transfer out of that. It's ah. but the, the, the conundrum of that is in terms of like employment, short term right now is actually good. It's more like as a long term career is more that I don't really want to aspire towards. So I'm yeah. kind of like in this. But if you were gonna go work at like a chemist warehouse or a price line, like you yeah. would be the best person because you know stuff about pharmacy. Well, yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You yeah. Should, you should. I I think they should hire you. Yeah, and <laughs> it can be. Give it very, another go. <laughs> it can be super discouraging. I. Since October last year, which is when I first really got stuck into this, hmm. I applied for probably 300 to 400 jobs, and it feels horrible. Wow. Because out of those, I might have, I've probably got 30 responses overall. Got four job interviews, and I'm very lucky that the fourth job interview, oh, five job interviews maybe, and you know, the fourth job interview was what I got. And you still never let me look at your resume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to throw to a song because i got to go get Julia on the phone. But this yes. is Call My Life by Blair St. Clair. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. <laughs> and, oh my goodness, that was Blend by... Who, who is that by? Sorry. I, I just lost it. Caswell, Peppermint. Peppermint yeah. and Caswell. Peppermint and Caswell. Was it someone else? Craig C. Possibly. Possibly. You, like, what, where, where, where did it come from for you? Uh, it came, I listened, first listened to that song about a month or two ago, and uh, it was in, like, my YouTube feed, and I was like, oh, this seems like a really cool song. And it's, like, it's got a lot of, like, politics behind it, but, like, the actual song itself is, like, really, like, it's, like, a really chill and like a really like like a banger of a song. I absolutely love it. Anyway, yeah. we've got a um, phone interview coming up just in a second. Live cross to queer collaborations conference in Queensland, and what's queer? Little clear collaborations. I don't know what that is. Queer collaborations. What is that? Well, in episode nine, we had Teddy Murray on as a guest, and he's the events producer for Corel, which is a national student magazine that's produced in conjunction with the conference. And I'm just going to play a little clip of him talking about that because I. I think he explains it way better than any of us could. It all started a long, long time ago at uh, a couple of universities wanted to run queer conference for queer students. And that's sort of how QC began. 
Um, I'm not sure how long ago that was, but I think it was somewhere more than 25 years ago. Quarrel started up as a zine 25 years ago at a Queer Collaborations, um, and AQSN, Australian Queer Students Network, started up only pretty recently, sort of 2010, 2011, at Queer Collaborations as a way of organising and administrating uh, a, a body for queer tertiary and higher education students to be active all year round, whereas Queer Collaborations only kind of exists for that week in July when everyone kind of comes together. And that was Teddy Murray talking about Queer Collaborations Conference, which is held annually at different universities around Australia, and it's for queer students, which I would presume are predominantly young queer people like you and I. Um, you're listening to Loud and Queer with Jay, Marcy and Evie, and we're about to talk to Julia Kanathipalai, who is at Queer Collaborations right now. How are you, Julia? Hey. Hello. So Hello. I, hey. Um, so I'm in Queensland, and um, I'm getting acclimatised to the weather because I'm a Melbourneian and it is really humid, even though it's cold. It's really strange. It's like, it's like March. Don't get too um, used to it. You'll miss it. I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So what's it like there? What's been going on? Um, not a great deal yet because it is like the first day and a lot of people are coming in and um, sort of just <laughs> finding their feet a little bit. Um, so we're all kind of, you know, getting our accommodation and, and kind of meeting new people and also kind of exploring uh, Brisbane um, as well. But today is, tonight's going to have our welcome dinner. So that's going to be really exciting and we're going to meet more people and we're going to have, like, tomorrow there's going to be a bunch of guest speakers, including uh, people like Nebo Dizen, who um, are, like, really well-known queer writers. So it's it's going to be really big. Um, yeah. Outside of, of the, like, the dinner tonight, are there, like, structured kind of get-to-know-you activities or is it just, like, um, everyone's bumping yeah. into each other so, in the hallways? So me and Teddy were working on a craft sort of craft noon, um, get together thing as people were starting to come in. Um, so we were just doing some basic craft activities, colouring and stuff, um, just to sort of like meet people and break the ice a little bit. Um, I think like we're, we're all kind of, um, you know, in the same sort of dorms. So we're going we're gonna to be bumping into a lot of people and meeting new people over like lunch and dinner and, and breakfast and yeah. Um, Right. Well, yeah, there's so, a lot of peeps from everywhere. <laughs> so you're there as a reporter in that kind of capacity, <laughs> is that correct? And then Teddy's there yeah, as a delegate. What are the What's the difference between um, those two things? So, so technically, I'm a delegate, but um, basically, I'm going to be putting in a motion tomorrow, um, basically saying that I'm from Callus Magazine. Um, my friend Abraham is also from Callus Magazine, and we want to write a couple of articles. And you have to um, put in a motion to write the articles. Um, we, we're putting on the motion just to be watertight, um, ah. just because we want to be as respectful to, like, the way the runs and making sure that, you know, if people have any qualms, they can, you know, everything can be ironed out as quickly as possible. So what do um, delegates actually do? Pretty much anyone who buys a ticket and goes to QC is a delegate. Okay. Um, some of those delegates, you know, pay out of their own pocket. Some, such as myself, may have, like, be fully funded by the university or partially funded by the university. So at RMIT, um, our accommodation and our tickets were all paid by our student union. And depending on 
be narrow. Basically, a lot of people go to QC for different reasons. Some people go, like, wanting to, you know, get elected into AQSM, or some people just, you know, want to meet other queer students from around the country and, like, you know, go to workshops and events and at seminars and, you know, not getting involved in the politics side of things. Some people have been involved with Quirrell for a while, may have, like, written something for Quirrell and, you know, want to see that go out to other unis. Um, and, you know, other people are kind of just along for the ride. And that's kind of nice because anyone who's a delegate can kind of, you know, choose their own adventure a bit. Cool. Um, so I guess with my choosing your, my own adventure, um, there isn't a lot of reporting on QC at all. Um, by any student media, and I thought it would be really interesting to do a couple of articles, um, me and Abraham to do a couple of articles, um, you know, just so other people know about QC, because as much as QC is a great opportunity for a lot of people, um, it is expensive to travel interstate. It's something that um, a lot of queer students particularly are unable to do because of, you know, um, money or like because of personal issues so being able to kind of make QC a more accessible event is really important yeah yeah it's yeah. really um it's really interesting I haven't actually been able to find much on it either except for the Wikipedia page so I was very lucky that Teddy came in and explained it to us mm. yeah um yeah definitely and it's like I'm in postgrad I'm like you know, during my undergrad degree, I didn't know a great deal about what QC was. I wasn't really sure if this was an event that I would want to go to. Um, so being able to report on it with fresh eyes and being like, this is what it is, this is the kind of stuff you can expect. Um, I had a bit of a read-up myself this morning about the event, and I noticed that each year there's kind of a, a theme. Is yeah. there a theme for this year? Um, forgive me if I'm incorrect because I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's Visibility Matters, because that's sort of been the one that I've heard, especially in regards to Quirrell. I recall um, that I that was the Quirrell theme, yeah. 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 So I think that's the Quirrell um, theme, but as far as, like, the event overall, what is interesting and what people have already said to me is that this is the 25th anniversary of QC happening as an, as an event, so it is a big anniversary. It's been around for half a, half a century now. Uh, not half a century, sorry, quarter century now. 25 and years, wow. That's yeah. like I'm... a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, apparently there's a bit more, um, you know, keynote speakers at this event than there would normally be, according to someone I spoke to before. And it's kind of like a big year, I think. And it's going to be like a lot of commemoration and also a lot of looking to the future to see what else can be achieved in the next 25 years. Yeah, wow. That's fascinating. Is there anything else that you think our audience should maybe know about QC and what its kind of purpose is, I guess, in the broader community, especially for young yeah. people? I think, um, I think there's still, like, a lot of things that I'm yet to find out about QC, and um, that's why I think it's really important to report on it for panelists and just be able to like put it out there that this is an event that you know I've been to other student events I've been to national uh, NUS NatCon a couple of years ago and I think this is a totally different event to that um, because yes there are people who are you know trying to put, put forward motions that would change how student politics is done and 
you know, make sure that there's some actual kind of like legislative changes, not only within national union students, but also possibly within government um, to make queer students um, better off. But at the same time, it's also a collaborative, like people need to remember what QC stands for. It does stand for queer collaboration. It's not about like, you know, it, it's not a student conference in the sense that it's not going to be people yelling at each other. It's actually people collaborating and coming together and teaching um, each other what they've learned and what they know. And it's like a learning process and a collaboration process. That sounds like an absolute utopia. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much um, for giving us a call. Hopefully we can have you in the studio over the next few weeks to discuss your findings and some of the stuff you're working yeah. on after the conference. I really appreciate Definitely. it. Um, but, yeah, it was nice to talk to you. Thank you. Nice talking to you too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye, thank Julia. And we're just going to jump to a song by Chelsea Bleach now. You're listening to Loud and Queer. Uh, we just heard from Julia Canathipolai at Queer Collaborations in Queensland, a national student conference. And this is Shedding Skin. And that was Muscling by the Cutaways. Uh, a lovely song about, uh, like, well, physiology uh, theme running in there. in. Yes, oh, about um, no. I, I actually don't know what it's about. I should probably listen to the lyrics of music yeah. more closely. But I'm a failure. Yeah, it, it definitely felt very rock, like like powerful rock, but like really good rock. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I I feel bad now because I put that on the playlist and I have nothing interesting to say about it except they're a Brisbane band and they're very good and you should go check them out. They have stuff on Spotify and so do we. We have a Spotify playlist where we put every song we play on the show, which, by the way, is loud and queer what you're listening to with Jay and Marcy. Evie's just had to step out for a minute. Um, and it, I added like songs to it every week. It's gotten to 10 hours of music produced exclusively by... LGBTQIA queer oh identifying gosh. artists. 10 hours. You could literally listen to it all day and then go back and listen to it again the next day because you will have forgotten by then <laughs> how many songs you listen to. I highly recommend it. But now we're doing a regular segment that we do on the show, just the two of us, very intimate. Yes. Um, uh. Called Froth or Not, where we talk about the things from the week that we, we loved, that we didn't love, that we are froth or are not froth. Um, what are you frothing about this week, Marcy? Uh, until yesterday, it was actually I've kind of not frothing the whole week. I've been I've been very. You only need to froth one thing. Well, if it's a bad, it's, it's for, even better if it's a it, bad week because it, it stands out. <laughs> it's for just it's a froth in the week has always been not frothing because I've been very burnt out, like very, the center of a fountain. You could yeah, you could. Say it like that. I'm yeah. sorry. It's all right. <laughs> I'll yeah. let you talk. Yeah. So I've been really burnt out, really low in my mood, just not having a lot of energy, motivation, do much of anything. And, and until yesterday, that was the case again. But I had my very first day of improv classes. Holy. Yeah. How was it? Very nerve wracking, like going there initially. Yeah, I... For those of you who have never taken a level one improv class, one of the first things they make you do is bow in front of everyone and say, I failed. And then oh, everyone goes yeah. absolutely nuts and applauds you. Yeah, it's as if you win an Oscar or something, but like... Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's very intimidating because you do it in a circle and the person next to you does it and then you go, oh dear, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone is looking at you and... It's 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 a process. It's it a is. trial by fire. Trial by fire. 
Yes, and the then there were like names, remembering names like you have to like alliterative like marvelous Mars, for instance. Are you marvelous Mars? I hope so. <laughs> I, yeah, I I couldn't Mars. come up with one fast enough, so I got given jumping J. Jumping J by my teacher. <gasps> there was someone in there with jumping jump jump another jumping J. Well, it must not... it must just be what the teachers reached for immediately. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, we had fun with that. I got to film Marvelous by the end of it all. And yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, we even got to play around in, in scenes this and that. And one of them, I got to play around with making a lunar park on the moon. <gasps> yes. That is such a good idea. Yeah. I want to do that scene now. Can I, I'm going to steal that idea for the, okay. next, for the next show that I do. <laughs> I'll just be like, we're on the moon now. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you yeah. initiate at a high level. It's like you just walk on stage and you go, we're on the moon now, and it works. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, uh, I froth improv now too. Oh, yay. I actually don't know what I froth. I I got sick this week, so I had a, a terrible week as well where uh. I actually – um so I had like a four-day weekend because I had my regular weekend of being sick, and then I had two sick days. So I've literally just been – uh, hanging around the house and I don't know if I've frothed this before or talked about it on the show and I feel really bad for everyone involved if I have but I froth Age of Empires 2 um, the Ensemble Studios 1999 <laughs> classic because it is the best game that's ever been made it, uh, like honestly if you've never played this game it's not too late it's more popular now than it's ever been it's a 26 7 year old I don't know how many years has it been since 99 I have a, I, uh, I have, I 21. feel like I have a sibling that was born then, so I should know. It's, I it's a twenty-one-year-old game. It's older than most of the people who listen to this show. You should go and check it out. It holds up. The graphics are terrible, but you have got to love it if you've ever played a real-time strategy game that's held your attention for more than ten minutes. Then this is the creme de la creme. I really need to get back into Age of Empires. You play as an ancient civilization and you go to war. <laughs> it is the worst. It goes against every belief that I hold in my life. <laughs> like, except, you know, the one that Age of Empires is good. Hmm. Yes. So, but, yeah, we had a pretty good show. I think it's about time to wrap it up. We talked about jobs at the top of the show. That was exciting. Oh, uh, yes. Um, and if you want to know more about that or you missed that segment, you can go and check out our podcast, which is on Omni iTunes and Spotify. Oh, Spotify soon. That's under embargo. We're still waiting for them to. Um, but it is on Omni. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher as well, which is an Android app that I use to listen to podcasts. Um, Pocket Cast sent us an email about something with our RSS being yeah. broken, which is not true oh. um, because it works <laughs> fine for the other three. But, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, it's loud and queer on all of those things. Yeah. Um, and we've got a podcast of this show. We've got a podcast of um, the show that we did with Teddy that we played a little clip from earlier. Mm. And you can also listen to Get Serial Saturday days on Omni because we linked something on their on our Twitter where they were talking about jobs just this weekend gone as well oh so gosh. they've got another take another hot take mm. maybe a slightly more heterosexual take but you know they're good for things yeah. sometimes um, <laughs> <laughs> bold takes heterosexuals are good sometimes yes my parents for example are straight I and think my parents were as well they go yeah. hard they're, they're good at some things uh, anything else that, any final thoughts that you want to leave the listeners with I feel very positive, but very, uh, I, I'm probably going to go to bed after this. Yeah. Yeah. If, <laughs> <I'm> you're, like... <laughs> if you're gearing up for a Saturday afternoon nap, now is the perfect time. 
I'm just going to play a little track to ease you into that. It's called Thank You For Being Alive, and it's by a band called Sportsbra, who are the bomb. So mm. check that out. You've been listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation with Jay and Marcy. And thank you for listening. Hear Loud and Queer streaming live on Sin Nation at sin.org.au. You can find more of our episodes on Omni, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of her music on Bandcamp. You can find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria and find us on Twitter at Sin Loud. 